me, Dr. Z. <laughs> Hanging out with JB. How was everybody today? Uh, I, uh, Dr. Z is making me laugh just before starting the show. So you know what kind of uh, treat you're in for in this session. Um, Dr. Z, what is on the docket today? Because um, I'm actually excited about what we're going to talk about today. As opposed to other days? Yeah, I mean, like, you're totally boring uh, for I, 34 episodes, yeah. but this one. This no, one, no, this one, so this one, we're going to talk about language. See, perfect, perfect, we're going to per- talk about perfect. language. Perfect, we're going to talk about language, but we're going to talk about how language screws us up. Screws me up. And we're going to talk <laughs> about how language contributes to anxiety and depression and what we can do with language to make it less, to make it have less of an impact on our day-to-day thinking and our behaviors. And when you're saying this, is this like pay attention to the words we are are thinking, saying, or the thoughts that we have before the words come out, more or less? So we're going to pay attention to the words that we use and at the same time notice the words that we use, not necessarily change them. I'm going to have you change two words. That's it. But the rest is more just about your awareness of the words that you're using in any given situation And taking that pause and noticing how the words that you use, either that literally are coming out of your mouth or that you're thinking in your head, play into your perception of the world, into your anxiety and into your depression. And how altering how you look at your thoughts can make a huge difference in your day to day. And what's like a a good example of that? So and and but is a really good one that I like to use with my patients. So, for example, uh, I... I trained so hard, but I only came in second place. Ah, yeah, that. So if I say, I only trained so hard, but I only came in second place, if you had to guess what I was thinking and feeling at that time, what would you say? You were very disappointed. I was very disappointed. What else? Um, It was, uh, you felt like it was a waste of time because you didn't get first. Correct. If I said to you, I practiced really hard and I came in second place. How would you think I was feeling? I actually wouldn't be sure, and I'd probably ask a follow-up question. And what would you say? I would say, are you happy with that? And if I said, well, you know, I tried really hard, and I and I came in second. Rather than, well, I tried really hard, but I came in second. You see the difference? So it mm-hmm. not only does it change the way I perceive, but it gives off a different vibe to the people that I'm speaking to. Because if I said to you, I tried so hard, but I only came in second place, what's your response going to be to me? But second's great. What are you talking about, mm-hmm. essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Right. You're not going to say anything that's going to make me feel better because I'm not going to want to hear that because I right. think second is shit, right? But if I say I tried my best and I came in second, it sounds a little bit more positive. Something like, well, you, you know, figure out what you need to work on next time. It's more forward moving rather than that toxic positivity. Yes. And that's a uh, because it's... um. It's kind of like uh, putting yourself down before Correct. you even get a chance to like, exactly. you know, feel the appreciation of what you just accomplished that, more or less. But right? discredits everything in front of it. Why do we do that? Is this kind of because I know we've had a conversation yeah. about kind of like goal setting and all that. Is yeah. it part of that? It I mean, we say it because I think it's very hard for human beings to hold two emotions at the same time. I think a lot of times we think we have to be either sad, happy or um you know, or angry or passive. I mean, I don't think we realize that two things can be true at the same time. We can be upset 
that we didn't win and at the same time know that we put our best for our best foot forward. So instead we use toxic positivity to kind of avoid that. Right. And, and I think that we're so used to in society, it's very dichotomous thinking. We're taught to think all or nothing. You either win or you lose. It's either this or it's that. So we get into the habit of using that language. But when you use it to apply to yourself and to your emotions, it puts you in those dichotomous moods and it ignores that entire gray area where most of your life is. Yeah. So it's kind of like if we think of our emotions more like a pie chart and less like a... Exactly. So there's like there's this big sliver of happiness. There might be a tiny bit of yes. sadness and all that. And the go watch Inside Out, by the way. Yeah, go Shouts. watch Inside Out. <laughs> and the lines of the pie, they're wiggly. Yes, very wiggly. They're not they're straight. Fluid. It's just kind of yep. sometimes it'll shift yep. automatically on a dime. It'll be like, exactly. oh, now it's over here. Exactly. And and what's um, I know that's kind of part of where does where does language fit into our emotions and day-to-day societies so yeah so one of the things that we get we let me let me backtrack please go for it back in the olden days (laughs) when you were walking up uh you know the cold streets i thought he was gonna say when you were born i was about to throw my pen wow wow speaking of language that would hurt hurt you yeah Mm -hmm. no way yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) those perceptions yeah when you were you know walking up a hill snowy you know mile Mm -hmm. all that stuff Mm -hmm. yeah what was happening Mm -hmm. back in those days so if you if you let's say that i ran that race and i came in second and i say to myself i'm a failure Oof. okay that sounds exactly like you said oof it sounds harsh i'm a failure but what if I said, I'm having the thought that I'm a failure? That sounds very different. So why would that sound different then? I'm, I am a failure versus I'm having the thought that I'm a failure. All I did was add a word in there. And what changed about it? Because you're just telling yourself you're having the thought of it and you're not actually a failure. Yes. And that's an easy feeling for anybody to feel the moment you've lost a race or you've been training your ass off for or a promotion that you've been sure that you're going to get. And all that. And that's kind of that. uh, Just on that note, I always hear this quote of like winning doesn't care. And that's part of part of that, too. Like, it's just like it it feels like in in that culture that's ingrained. I don't like the phrase. I'm just saying it's like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. But it's 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 tends to go from thought to like, I'm actually this and that. So the thought is always true because it's a feeling. Our thoughts lie to us all day, every day. And so and it also is a very generalized thought on very on something that's very specific so what you want to do is you could sit here with me if we we're in therapy and I could challenge you for 45 minutes on why you're not a failure and everything I say to you is gonna if I say no John you're not a failure you did this and you did this that does not make you a failure I guarantee you you're not gonna sit there and say you know what Dr. Z you're right no what you're yeah <laughs> what you're gonna <laughs> get him tiger but what you're gonna say is yeah but Okay. So challenging those thoughts is like banging your head against the wall. Uh-huh. It is such an internal struggle. But if I said to you, all right, John, instead of saying I'm a failure, I want you to say out loud, I'm having the thought that I'm a failure. I'm having the thought that I'm a yes. failure. Which one sounds more severe and forever and harsh? Oh, yeah. The, the without saying the thought right. of it is like you're defining i'm a failure you're defining it which isn't true by to now, anyone yeah. imagine going through life all day every day i'm tired i'm angry i'm hungry i'm mad i'm busy i'm this I'm, our 
thoughts are defining our identity, our character at any given point in our day. But if I'm saying I'm having the thought that I'm tired, that gives you a little, even if you're exhausted, mm-hmm. it's a, that's not the case. That's, that's irrelevant. It's just saying I'm tired kind of like cuts you off from maybe doing another task that you have to get done. But saying I'm having the thought that I'm tired gives you sometimes a little bit more room to push through to get done what you need to get done. Yeah, I'm having the thought that I'm a little tired. Is this when you can use a but in there too? I'm having the thought that I'm tired. And. But, and, I would like to finish exactly. this thing before I go so to bed. So say that again. I'm having the thought that I'm tired, and I would really like to put this coffee table together before I go to bed. Right, now say it the other way. I am tired, and I want to put this coffee table before I go to bed. I don't want to go and do the coffee table the moment I say that. Add a but in there. But. I'm tired. I'm tired. But I want to get this. But coffee I want to get this coffee table. Yeah, it feels like it's like a. It you're tr- I'm dragging task. myself yes, to it. Yes, correct. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So we say this to ourselves all day, every day. So just for the people that are listening, pay attention to how often we speak in truths. Because the reality not, is not many times. No, by the, way, the, the reality the is, and I, I say this all the time. Unless I can video you with my phone and see it, mm-hmm. it is not real. So if I'm videoing you and you're having these thoughts in your head, I'm, I'm so tired, but I need to get this coffee table done. I can't see any of that. I can only see one of two things. Are you putting the table together or not? I am not. I can't More see anything, likely. right? Yeah. So whatever's going on in here, it doesn't matter. You want to do the thing that I'm going to be able to see if I'm videoing you. And that's... And no one can see it. That's exactly what you said. And no, you've you've said that before in a it's lot of stuff. It's not real. I mean, it's real to you, but it's it's we think it has an existence outside of us, and it doesn't. Like you're glowing your emotions. Yes. Like there's a yes. there's an actual purple aura that's yes. around you. Like oh, uh, they are sad or that's they're right. happy or that's whatever right. it is. Yeah. That's right. And here's the thing: you can be tired and put together a coffee table. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm improv right. now too. By the you, way, yes, and yeah. I mean, you can be tired. But not put it together. Exactly. Or you can be tired and while you're tired, put it together. Or maybe it's both things at the same time. I'm having the thought that I'm tired. Yes. And I'm having the thought that I really don't want to do this bleeping thing. That's exactly right. Right. And both can be true. Be like, you know what? And because of that, uh, I'm going to go to bed and I'll deal with it tomorrow. And you'll probably feel okay putting that down at that point if you are. Like you said, wait, you need exactly. to go to Exactly. Exactly. So if you start to think like this over time throughout your day and you start to pay attention to it, you'll realize how much damage you do to yourself in terms of your self-perception, your, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of viewing yourself as confident in your abilities. So it's, it's actually the first time I ever really, I mean, I was trained like to do this in grad school, but the first time I actually really applied it to myself, it was mind blowing to me oh. how much I did this to myself um and it's hard especially when we're stressed so the other thing that that helps with this is something that we've talked about before which is called um, cognitive diffusion which is basically separating you from your thoughts yes not getting rid of your thoughts not pushing them away not avoiding them not pretending they're not there not challenging them and litigating against them but just noticing that they're there and it gives you that pause right so there's an exercise in my first book, Find Your Comic Bell, Amazon, Target, amazing. Barnes & Noble. You can order it online. 
very helpful. Very helpful for worry. <laughs> no big deal. A little shameless plug. But anyway, we're going to do it's an It's your show. There's nothing shameless about it. <laughs> Order my book <laughs> now. Do it. No, do it. Click the link <laughs> in my bio. Yeah. <laughs> See? You're, you See? can Dr. Z the bro. It's coming soon to you, uh, to a podcast near you. But what is... Um, because I, I remember doing uh, a portion of this ex- exercise yep. in season one, and I, w- I would love <laughs> to do it again. So this one's called Worry Art. And what oh, this is, so much fun. Yes. what this is, is it, it is a strategy to get you to, one, understand how our thoughts really, and language in particular, really screw us up, and how we can still have the thoughts but hold them at a different location outside of us and see how the struggle to get rid of them is unnecessary because you don't get rid of it. It's still there. They're like your ears. You may not feel them, but like you know they're there. You can't get rid of them yeah. unless you cut them off. But like, don't advise you don't, doing right. that either. You can't get rid of them, but you know they're there. And the mm-hmm. only time they bother you is when you start to like something itches your ear, something's on your ear. So that's how I look at thoughts. They're there all the time. You can't get rid of them. And the only time you notice them is when one of them gets scratched. And what is what is like uh uh. A, a thought that can get scratched often. I so guess. let's say, um, <clears throat> let's say that for whatever reason you had a really bad day on the podcast and you just thought you did a horrible job. Yeah. Okay. And you go every home, other Tuesday, by the way. <laughs> you go home <laughs> and you realize that you forgot to take the trash out, and you're like, "God damn it, I messed this up too." That <sighs> is going to scratch the thought of I had a really shitty day at work. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? So it's like it compounds on each other. So and that happens probably more time. It's well, constant. in everybody's life, it's, it's always constant. happens. Yeah. So this exercise helps you to notice the thought, live alongside of it, rather than internal struggle. That rather than have that internal struggle to get rid of it. So we're gonna do our out. So yes. I'm gonna have John for sixty seconds close his part, eyes, <laughs> close his eyes, and just worry. And we'll, we will fast forward through the 60 seconds so you don't have to listen to silence or I can sing for you, but I wouldn't do that to you. So 60 seconds. Now what I would like you to do is I'm going to give you a list of words that I want you to write down in list format. Got it. Okay. First one is name. Name. Color. Color. Size. Size. I feel like I'm playing password. Shape. Shape. Texture. Texture. Smell. Smell. Weight. Weight. Noise. Noise. Yep. Got it? Got it. Okay. Now, you are going to reflect back onto that feeling that you had in your stomach for the last 60 seconds. If that ickiness that you had had a human name, and don't tell me what it is, just write it down, had a human name, what would its name be? Same thing for color. If that icky feeling you had for 60 seconds had a color, what color would it be? And give a description for each one of these. Okay, okay Dr. Z, so, I got it. So, name, color, I want shape, you size. to tell me yes. the name, color, size, shape, all that stuff of your icky feeling that you felt. The name of my worry is the Highlander of Death. <laughs> it's red, it's huge, it's in the shape of a Minotaur. It's rock hard. It smells like tar and piss. It's 700 pounds, and it's as loud as a rock concert. That's my worry. That, all of that is what I just named my worry. And in doing so, <laughs> my 
stomach immediately when I made myself laugh and wrote my down Minotaur because I was like, what am I looking at? And it's ridiculous what my mind comes up with. That's the point of the exercise. Like it, John Barcher. Yes, ma'am. Are you angry? I'm, yeah, am I angry? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I, it's not even anger. It's just like, it's just. Are you raging? Not me raging. It's just every, I feel like I'm constantly being raged on. Like that's that worry of like. There's so much sensory overload that it's just like. I, ah! I, I can, I can, I get that. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now what I want you to do, and we will fast forward the 60 seconds. And then I'm going to give you my example that I had. Yeah. I want you to sit with your ickiness again. Same ickiness for 60 seconds. Yeah. This time, instead of running through the words of your worry, because you're going to do that anyway. You're going to have right. words come in. Let them be. Let them pass. Don't get rid of them. I want you to really try to sit with the description of your of your Highland death, red, huge, <laughs> manitar, tar, piss smelling, 700 pounds ball of fungus or something yes, whatever perfect. i want you to sit with that and picture that and all the elements of it as you sit with your right and the words will come up don't worry about yeah. that just just sit with it but i want you to sit with it for 60 seconds in that way and just be so and look we'll, at my worry through the eyes of the lens when i just wrote down more or less if you could literally have a picture of everything you yep. wrote down a 3d picture that you can touch smell and feel and it's right here i want you to focus on that as your worry instead of the words of your worry Okay, so what did you notice that time? <laughs> I'm like making myself laugh. Yes. Ridiculously yes. about what I'm picturing. It's absurd. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's absurd because every time I try yes. to put like a decent, serious voice on what yes. I just saw, it's like it's like watching a cartoon. Yes. Obviously. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the reason for that is because you <laughs> I object. Stop from laughing. Like I don't know if I caught it. Like I'm trying to keep it in. It was funny. Because yeah. you objectified it and you realize that it's not real. Yeah. It's a feeling and a thought and a feeling and a thought because it's not real. You can make it whatever you want. And so you see now how if you picture that while driving home. Yes, you're, it's not. You're free of anxiety and worry, right? Like we'll be when we're free of anxiety is when we're dead. So like you're still gonna have anxiety, you're still gonna have worry. But if you can visualize it in that way, man, does it take the heaviness off? Yes, very much so. And has any situation changed? No, uh -uh. that's the thing. People think that when they worry, they somehow are taking charge of the problem. They're somehow fixing the problem. Oh, bullshit. When they yeah. haven't done a damn thing. So if worrying about it isn't gonna work, well, you may as well. Do something else with it yeah. because what you're doing isn't working. And so that's a perfect example. And like, especially for my day to day, it has been chaotic. Yeah. And doing that, it just goes, oh, yeah, this is ridiculous. And now I can focus on the thing that I want to focus exactly. on. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which is very different than saying, don't think about it. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Or, okay, I know I have to worry about this, but then what if this happens? And then, but what if this happens? And you you waste so much energy. Yeah, just sit with it. How much for energy did you waste on this? Hardly any. Right. What, uh, 60 seconds, like two minutes. Yep. Another three or four to write it down. Yep. And like my entire mood literally has shifted into yep. like I'm thinking and worrying too much. You're Always. Right. And if this this is something that I think it is very important to understand, especially if you don't have a ton of access to therapy or like if you can't go on a constant mm -hmm. basis for whatever it is. People want to call this meditation. You can like it's what it's, it's whatever mindfulness. it is. It's being it's mindful. mindful of your of your thinking. And if you can carry this part into your daily life, yep. as like you know, the book is amazing to get us started for exercises like this. I can't emphasize enough and not plug it and I'm not. It's just really very helpful. Uh, if Amazon. you can, <laughs> Amazon, Target, Barnes and Noble. Um,
Oh, yeah, what's it called? Vince Quinn is yelling from the sidelines. Find your calm. Find your calm. A workbook for managing anxiety. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. But if you take some of these practices, even if you're getting ready for the day, if you're getting into the shower and just going, how does the water feel when it's touching my body? Yes. How does the soap feel right. when I'm going through my hands and like this? And just That's being right. of that, like, I'm present, I'm kind of here. Uh, these exercises really do help get to that thing. And even for mundane stuff, if there's a, a pile of laundry, a pile of dishes, a pile of whatever, and it's like, I'm so worried that this thing is going to then sit there for a second and just make a little funny character in your head, realize that you're being ridiculous, and try to move on with your day. More and it's less. not, and let me stress, so it's not that the situation is ridiculous. It's the worry that's about exactly. the situation that's ridiculous, right? Because some situations, like, are, they're, they're legit. But the worry about them is an illusion of control, and that's the ridiculousness of it. So this, this image represents the worry and the ridiculousness of the worry, which makes acting on this situation a little bit easier. Does that make sense? Uh, completely, yeah. Like, I'm ready to go attack the day again. So at four o'clock. <laughs> <Honest. laughs> like, so, like, okay, good. So my, my best friend, I'm allowed to use this example now because... <laughs> I can. <sighs> so my best friend was at the time going through a divorce with um, a massive narcissist, and um, she it was it was a night before she had to go to something legal. I forget what it was, and um, I was staying with her that night, and she was really anxious and really nervous, and just it was a really messy situation, and she was just completely freaked out, and. Not because of the situation, but more so of, you know, trying to predict the the manipulative tactics that were undoubtedly going to happen um, the next day. So she was worried. She couldn't anticipate it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I did this exercise with her. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, as she's sitting there with her wearer, you see her face is getting all contorted. She, like, turned white. She's sweating. It was really hard, really horrible for her. She went through a real, lot of really bad stuff. And so she's sitting there horrified. And then so I have her list all these things and then do it again. And the second time around, you literally see her one eye open <laughs> and looks at me and starts dead laughing. She went from crying and shaking and anxious to literally looking at me, hysterical laughing. Mm -hmm. She goes... <laughs> That motherfucker, he is a blue slimy oval <laughs> that smells like Wawa Hoagie. <laughs> Who has one straggly hair on his head. And and we just looked at each other. We were dying laughing. And like <laughs> from that point on, she said she's like, I I can't worry about it like I used to because now all I see is this like slimy, like smelly, oily oval. Yeah. And it, and you know, and it's not that. Did you know? Did the divorce get any easier? No. Did she still have to go through things? Yes. But was her ability to sit with the discomfort so much easier for her? A hundred percent. So much so. It sounds so ridiculous. And again, it doesn't cure anything. It just it gives you a different way to carry something that you can't put down yet. We're just managing, you yep. know, the day to day, and yep. that's uh, and the fact that uh, I have a room full of people that could reference 
the Highlander, you know, uh, death guy now that every time. I don't time, even know what that is. Uh, uh, you've never seen the Highlander? No. The, uh, it's about a bunch of time traveling uh, people that have a bunch of special powers and they live like from the 1700s to like modern day. And they can only kill like each other. And there can from only the from the 80s, the little you know, dudes? With the queen and the soundtrack and all that fun stuff. No. Oh, no, you're talking, I think, in a willow? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it was from the 80s. It's, oh, my, no, no, no. It was in the 80s. There were these little guys, and they went through, like, time travel, and it was with this kid. No, this is like... Oh, God. This is like Sean Connery. Taylor, help me, help me. Sean Connery's in this movie. No. Right? Okay. Not your, the one you're thinking of, mine. Time travelers? Is it... And where they... Bed knobs and broomsticks? No. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. I used to... Time Bandits! Oh, my God. Time Bandits! <laughs> yes! Time Bandits was in the 80s? No way. What, t- what year? Like the ni- late 90s. Wow. I don't, I've never I'm gonna, seen this I'm movie. Gonna, I'm going to go All cry right. now. <laughs> uh, anyway. Is that 1881? Yeah, 1881. They had a movie in 1881. It was a big hit in the theater. Time Bandits. Oh, that was such a good movie. <laughs> yeah. The guy at the end with the long fingernails. Have you seen it? Never seen Time Bandits. Have you no. Seen, no one's. Oh. Mm. All right. So we'll do. I'll you do Highlander. Or I'll do. I uh, don't Highlander know if I and... want you to watch it. Oh, all right. It's one of those movies where like I have to apologize in advance because now that I'm thinking about it, it probably is really creepy. Well, so mine's, but it was a kind of a kids. Corny movie. As yeah, hell. kids like, movies <laughs> in the 80s were like not kids movies. Yeah. Yeah. Humanoid pig. It's a humanoid pig. Oh, awesome. Well, I mean, yeah, Goonies, all that stuff. There wasn't like what was PG then Goonies. is like PG thirteen and all that stuff. I loved now. Goonies. Can't believe you've never seen Highlander. Please go watch that. Uh, but it also just uh, it brings me back to a place of like, oh yeah, because it's a ridiculous movie. And if that's in my head, and that's what I'm considering my worry, yes. just like your friend is like, now I can't think of. You can't think of it right. I'm, I'm like, well, what kind of hokey does it smell like? Is it the turkey, uh, the golden turkey, or whatever? So that's it. Is just like a a good way to. Debrief yourself and then and notice you haven't gotten rid of anything. It's it's still yep. there. You're just choosing to carry it differently. The struggle is not there. Exactly, and I think that's a uh, a very important process in in all of this from your day to day life. And like, are there other anything else like in the language barrier that is is like that uh, conversations in in day to day stuff like yeah. that? Yeah, the other one I would give too, and also because this also frees up so much cognitive space, right? Like if you think of your brain as a pizza, right? Mm-hmm. If you're freeing up all the space, you have all these other slices to attend to things that you actually enjoy and value that you were using to consume with worrying. But another quick one is in you know the use of I and you when you're having a conversation with somebody, you want to be very careful using I and you. You know, you make me feel this. You, you automatically put somebody on the defensive. So, again, it's another way that a word impacts your feelings. You always want to use I feel this way, I feel this way, not you make me or you do that. You know, so mm. just those kinds of little things. So they're just very small words. I, you, you know, I'm having the but, thought that, and, but, yep. and tiny, tiny changes that have profound impacts. Uh, really appreciate this as always. Um, probably one of the most impactful lessons in your book, in my opinion, in Thank your you. first one. Uh, and, of course, you have two. I have two. So yes. buy the first and the second one. Yes. Again, Target. Target, Barnes & Noble. Barnes and Noble. Amazon. The second one's called Find Good Habits. Uh, we appreciate it as always, Dr. Z. Anything else before we go? Don't think so. All right. We'll see you next session. Bye.